There are no such things as limits or obstacles, only opportunities. Step into the greatest version of yourself because what you do matters. Shift your narrative. You're listening to Opportunity Makers, where entrepreneurs come to take their purpose-driven business to the next level. Here's your host, Jim Padilla. Sachin, so good to have you here, man. Uh, long time coming. I've been trying to coordinate this interview for months and months between our schedules, and I was very much looking forward to getting the opportunity to reconnect uh, after you know all the good things we were able to do together, um, working you know with your company. So, um, you know, why don't you just say hey to the audience and give them a little bit of your story and your words and you know how you got here? Sure. Well, hello to you, Jim, again, and thanks for thanks for hosting me, and thank you to the entire team for helping us uh, and our business grow and, and learn so much in the process. Um, no better time than now. So I'm, I'm grateful that uh, our the can got kicked, so to speak, to this very moment, because I know we're both smarter, sharper, wiser uh, as every minute passes. So a uh, great conversation, I'm sure, is to be had. A little bit about me, just so people understand my background. I'm a, uh, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up not done growing, not done expanding, but I'll share where I've come from and, uh, and where, you know, things are heading uh, at this point in my life. So I'm originally trained as a chiropractor and, uh, as chiropractors, our philosophy is always that the body has its own capacity, capability, and innate intelligence to heal itself. And one of the things that we as chiropractors can help people with is helping their physical body move better. But one day, about two years into practice, I got a CD and or actually about four years into practice, I got a CD as I was walking out of my first associateship. And that CD was uh, spoken by, it was a spoken uh, presentation by a gentleman named, named James Chestnut. And what James talked about was how chiropractic is so much more. And that expanded, you know, you know kind of my paradigm of what chiropractic was. And around the same time, I was, uh, you know, on the news. And as a result of that news article, we had all these people call our office, all of whom were very sick. And all of whom I didn't really have a solution for because I was working as a sports-based chiropractor. So that kind of started my journey, this, this CD of uh, learning how to become a better communicator, expanding what my scope of practice looks like, and then also not being able to help people. There's something gutting, and maybe this happens to you, Jim, when you get on even on, on a sales call, if you will, or a service call, and you can't help someone, right? It's like, man, I don't know what to do. I know you're in pain. I don't know what to do, and I can't help you. And the right thing to do is you know, you can't take them on as a client because you can't help them. But when you don't know where to send them, it really feels uncomfortable. So that was me, patient after patient after patient after this new story ran. And then I'm like, why are these people coming in? It makes no sense. And it turns out that that is because I had to become someone else. And that's when I really got deep into the functional medicine world. And functional medicine, for those that don't know, is root cause personalized medicine, the way healthcare should be, in my opinion. So I started practicing that. Then I started uh, a second practice uh, from Cincinnati to Toronto, Canada. And a colleagues of mine started kind of paying attention to what I was doing and wanted me to help them. So I started coaching them uh, in addition to running our practice. And uh, about four years ago, I discovered breath work. And that's become a big part of what I do now. So I do a lot of keynotes now on breathing and breath work. And I deliver breath work experiences in addition to my functional medicine coach you know, business coaching practice and uh, clinical practice as well. So those are, those are the kind of three areas 
that I play in and, and all of them are connected by the, the general theme of empowering people to be uh, their independent uh, practitioners, uh, business owners and entrepreneurs, but also independent of the healthcare system by being their own best doctor. So all, all of it is uh, interconnected in one way, uh, shape or form. And, and so, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. And I'm a father and a husband. I think those are important to mention as well. Yeah, all of good stuff. And it's, and, you know, I find that the most effective means of mentorship comes from people who have figured something out and then go back to help other people with mm -hmm. what they've learned. And there seems, you know, there's this big trend of people who are like, I want to be a coach. And then they're trying to figure out what they want to coach on or, and that's, it, it can work. I think that's a much longer path to success and maybe not the ideal method, but you, your, your story, your path has really uh, elucidated that, like you, you've illuminated that piece is you, what you have figured out, you've then gone back and talked. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, I feel like that's the best way to really learn something is to teach it to others. So uh, in some ways, I even jokingly tell my students this, listen, I'm doing this uh, for me is just as much as I'm doing it for you, because I can master a topic if I'm forced in a, in a sense uh, to teach it to others or others are relying on me to simplify what I'm learning and, and convey it in a way that they can digest it. Yeah. Uh, another way I frame that exact thing is putting yourself in a position that demands that you produce when you know, other people are waiting to feed on what you're learning, then you have mm -hmm. to learn it in a certain way. Right. That allows you to pass it through and become that conduit. So that's great. And like I said, you've been a great example that Cindy and I were just talking a minute ago uh, about you. And, you know, I was like, well, anything you want me to share with that session when I see him? And she went on for like five minutes and she's just like, <laughs> she's just been, you know, we still follow and we still connect. And she's like, it's just so awesome to watch you just growing in what seems to be a very natural and authentic way. You know, you're just growing in everything you're doing. It's like, well, yeah, that makes sense. That's that's who he is. That's the vision. That's the mission. And, you know, you're getting on bigger stages. You're sharing much more powerful message. You know, your your YouTube presence, your social media, everything's growing. And you're, but you're not removing yourself. You're just strategically placing yourself differently, mm -hmm. but you're still very much connected to it. Yeah, and there's, uh, you know, as, as you're saying that, I feel like there's something I can, I can share that might add some value. And I learned this from Naval Ravikant, who you may be familiar with. And uh, a book was has been written about him and his tweets and his philosophies, and it's called the Navalmanac. And so it's a book about him written by his content by somebody else. It's kind of a weird, weird, weird book. It's not about not quite a, a biography either. So in that book, uh, they mentioned four levers that Naval talks about. The first one is people. The sec and these are short people are short levers, right? Um, and they come with personalities, they come with challenges, it comes with comes with ups and downs and emotions. I mean, there's so much attached to people, right? And people are amazing and they're a lever, but they're a short lever. The second lever is other people's money, right? So you could leverage uh, investors or investments uh, in cash and invest it back into your business. And that's another lever. It's a slightly longer lever than people, right? There's just no emotion involved. It's just money. Right. The third and fourth lever are the two most important. And the third one is media. And media is essentially, uh, how do you can and clone yourself and repurpose what you've created so that you can have a team of people clean up behind you, if you will, right? So my job is to focus as the visionary and, and steer the boat in a certain direction. And then I want to try to build and assemble, and I'm still doing this, uh, the right team around me 
so that they can, you know, I don't have to do anything. They can take what I'm already creating and repurpose that material and content. So as an example, um, you know, and, and I'll, I'll leave, I'll give a short example, then move on to the fourth lever. But the, the example I would say is I just gave a keynote on, on breathing and breath work at a dental conference. And my team sent to me on Monday, my, uh, you know, my social media guys like, we need more reels. We need more reels. We need more reels. I'm like, no, we don't need more reels. You need to watch the video I just recorded of myself giving that keynote and you need to pull out 20 to 30 clips out of it. Right. I, I should not have, there should be no reason for me to create another, you know, selfie video of myself ever again. I have enough, you know, speaking from stage engagements. I have, you know, tons of those. I have a two, three hours of content I record every week for my mentorship program. I'm like, there should be no reason, right? So right. how do you can and clone yourself? That's another lever. And then once you do that, you can do it into perpetuity. So when I went to this uh, dental conference, I uh, put together a breathwork bundle and I just sh simply shared my five best resources with them. So now I captured, you know, these people's contact information so I could deliver them uh, additional value. So that, uh, you know, that canning and cloning yourself through media is a very long lever. And then the fourth lever is intellectual property or code. He refers to it as code. And, and what he's mainly referred to is as software. But for those of us that are in the service industries, it's your intellectual property, right? Where, where, uh, what is it that you do that's unique? How can you put it into uh, an automated media driven process so that you can can and clone yourself and you have a process that nobody else can replicate because you own the system that creates the outcome. So those, those uh, last two levers are, are crucial apply to both tech, technology-based companies like software companies, but can also apply to service-based companies if, if that's the industry that we're in. And I think that's like a, a kind of relevant to our conversation because of how we structure our businesses and, and optimize them to sell at different levels, high ticket group programs, let's say, and then do it yourself or you know one to infinity type programs. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. That's a journey that Cindy and I have been on as well. And we're in the same boat. We were just having this conversation the other day. I have, you know, almost 300, almost 400 videos on YouTube. I, we do two hours worth of training, teaching a week, plus interview. I'm doing, you know, 200 podcast interviews a year. I don't need to create any video for the sake of the video anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like now it's just a matter of strategic repurposing and, and using it in ways that are valuable and, and leverage. And I, and I watch some of these videos that I did nine years ago that I'm still saying the same thing now. Mm -hmm. The video production might be a little bit off because it was nine years ago in my like dining room or something. But, you know, it's like, if you're still sharing the same message, then it's, it, there's some off, there's some realness in it. There's some truth. It's because it's what you believe because you're not changing it to fit the marketplace, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, that, I think that's, you have been uh, an example of that as well. It's like your beliefs are your beliefs and you share what you now you're just maybe more refined in how you're sharing or the video production quality might be better, but the message is the same. Yeah. You know, sometimes uh, I'll tell you what, I, I was watching some uh, YouTube videos this morning and I like to watch vintage Steve job interviews where the video quality is like so crap, right? but you're just, you're just happy that somebody captured this moment or this nugget of wisdom or this knowledge. And it, it almost makes it more attractive because it's like, man, I couldn't be in that room. And there was like absolutely no way it could have been in that room, but right. I'm so glad somebody recorded this because it's the information is so valuable. And, and I, and I know that 
you know, both you and I try to share timeless wisdom. And, you know, so we're not constantly reinventing our message. We might reinvent the way we say it, but the the theme and the values are, are still I, the same because they're they're timeless principles that we live by. Definitely. And, you know, I don't know that that's been intentional for me. It's just something now looking back, I realized that's been the history. That's been the evolution. I, you know, I watched some of the videos and I'm like, God, this guy had, I had no idea what I was doing. It was just me alone with the camera in the dining room and the lighting was awful. And, you know, the, I started the recording and then I walked into the place and then I walked, you know, I'm like this classical clown car kind of stuff. But I'm like, that's really good content though. It was exactly what I, same thing I say today. I just say it smarter, maybe a better production. Right. You know, but one of the things that you've always been by is like, I, I would love for you to share just, you know, what's, what's the mission and and what's the vision that you're that you're you know leaning into and accelerating towards? Yeah, I love this question. And and here's what I'll here's what I can tell you, Jim. You're probably the first person I'm I'm sharing this with because it's it's something that's truly been evolving over the last uh, little while. And I don't know if it's because of the planetary alignment that's been shifting. I, I know there's a bunch of people that I've been talking to. Uh, you know, really high functioning, high level, what some most people would consider successful entrepreneurs are, are starting to question, like, you know, maybe they're going through midlife crises or mid uh, midlife business crises. If they're willing, to, they're, they've made good amounts of money and they're trying to figure out how, like, is this what I want to do with the rest of my life? Right. And there's just something that's swirling, uh, you know, in, in the ethos. And I, I can't quite put my finger on it and neither can they, but there's this generalized theme that I'm hearing over and over again. And it's not that they're scared, but they're just unsure of what what they want to put their thumb down on. And so I'm going through a little bit of that right now. Uh, my overarching theme in life is simplicity. My overarching theme in in healthcare and in business is how do I how do I make this simpler? How do I make it more elegant? And how do I let, uh, you know, kind of nature, our bodies, uh, certain timeless processes take care of the sophistication of solving the actual problem? So where that journey has led me uh, in, in healthcare is to the breath. The breath is actually the one thing that we have conscious control over that then regulates everything else in our body. So the steering wheel of our nervous system is our breath and the steering wheel of our life is our nervous system. And so imagine having a supercar and buying that car and it comes without a steering wheel, right? right. It, you have all this power, but you don't know how to control it or what to do with it. And so that's what, That'd be unconscious, <laughs> yeah. And that's essentially what unconscious breathing is like, right? The equivalent of a supercar without a steering wheel. And so what I'm realizing is that it ties to virtually every chronic illness. I can, I just gave an interview today about in, how it ties to infertility I gave a talk this past weekend about how we breathe ties to dental health. I gave a talk previous to that about how it ties to entrepreneurship and focus and attention deficit dis disorder. I'm giving a keynote to financial advisors so they can become better, uh, um, you know, and, and more grounded and, and um, develop themselves personally and spiritually. So there's so many things that breath can do for us. So that kind of checks off all the boxes for me. It's super simple. It can be extremely disruptive without having to invent or create or even ship anything, right? You already have your lungs. I just got to teach you how to use them. Right. So it, it actually, breathing actually breaks all of the models of, uh, of value. So if you think about uh, Alex Hermosi's equation, uh, he talks about the value equation. 
the right. value equation is a problem worth solving. Okay. And I can tie breathing back to virtually any chronic disease and illness scientifically backed and validated. Next is a perceived likelihood of achieving an outcome. I can teach people how to breathe within literally minutes, prove to them that their breath can change how they feel. So I can unequivocally in a short period of time, prove that to them. And I have plenty of case studies as well. And so that's the denominator or the numerator, the denominator we want to make small, which is, uh, the first thing is time delay, right? How long is it going to take for me to feel good? I can show you how to feel better within minutes. So I don't even have to ship you anything. I don't have to wait days or weeks, hours, nothing. And then the perceived sacrifice, you're already breathing. I'm just going to sh show you how to breathe with awareness and teach you specific techniques that you can use in, in specific moments when you need them. So you essentially take the denominator down to zero right? and value goes to infinity. So uh, from a business model perspective, if uh, I'm trying to figure out how to crack this nut right now so that I can deliver ex extraordinary levels of value to people, I can scale it worldwide. I can get clinical outcomes without having to be a clinician. I can teach it to hundreds, if not thousands of people, millions of people. Um, and I belong to companies who are trying to do that right now as an advisor and, uh, and key contributor. So that's the nut that I'm trying to crack right now. The interesting thing about breathing is that it's the most important thing that we pay attention to when a person is born. And the most important thing we pay attention to when somebody is, you know, transitioning to the afterlife, and then there's really no attention given to it in the Western world, anytime in between that. Right. And so we're trying to create more awareness around that because it's the, it can literally be the softest yet most disruptive thing uh, in healthcare. Yeah. It's, I, I love all of that. And it's my focus. The, the number one rule inside of gain the edge when you walk through the gateway is it's not what you're saying is who you're being while you're saying it, that matters. Mm. And that applies everywhere, whether we, whatever you're doing, whatever you're saying, it's about who you're being while you're saying it. What's the intention? What's the state of the heart as you're moving and, and saying or doing these things? It's not about the words or the actions. And um, as you're talking through this, I'm like, you know, that's really the product that we sell. It's like sales and sales teams and events and all that stuff. That's all secondary because at the end of the day, it's who you're being that can that is going to make all of this effective or clear or not. And this is the first time I've, I've even thought about it in this term, especially in terms of the Hormozy formula, because we, we talk about it every day around here. That's the one thing that we can deliver immediately as a state of being. Mm -hmm. I can't deliver you sales outcomes today, but I can deliver you a new state of being today. Right. Right. So using that, it, it never thought of it in that perspective, but I like that because that's, you know, the same thing. You have a whole business model, which I want to you know unpack a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, that's the needle mover but there's a whole other way for you to package the business so it can be delivered so that there's a tangible outcome and all of that, which uh, I'd love to have you unpack more. Um, but that I, I just, I, it's been, I've never even thought about it. And I remember reading the book breathe, you know, at your recommendation. And ever since then, it's been something that I'm supremely aware of now. I, I breathe intentionally through my nose now more in ways than I've never even knew that it was a thing, you know, five years ago. <laughs> I absolutely love that. You know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a really fascinating story uh, because you, the, the truth is you, you can say things and you just really never know who's going to, who's going to take you up on, you know, taking that next step. And I'm so grateful that you shared that, that you're reading that book. And uh, if I had any 
positive influence in directing you that way. I'm so grateful that James wrote that book. You know, it's the number one book I purchased for my clients. Uh, when it came out, I bought it for every one of my clients because it is something that's so valuable and important and uh, it applies to virtually every single area of our life. So thank you for, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, it's impactful. We do. We don't often know when, when we're sending a message, it's usually downrange, so to speak, at a very specific person, but we never know how many people are just off the side watching, witnessing, or listening. Right. And we impact a lot that. of people. So you've been doing your example of that in many ways. Um, so let's just transition this a little bit to what you're actively doing now. I, everything that I'm seeing from your marketing and Facebook ads and different things is you're really leaning into marketing and messaging for doctors and practitioners. So why why that as a message and, and what's happening there for you? Yeah, so we're, we're actually, uh, there's a, a, so there's a, just for everyone's reference, there's a two companies that we run. One is called Living Proof Institute, which is our, our clinical arm. And then we have a model that we've created, an intellectual property that we've created called our Living Light Metabolic Reset. And what we do is we teach other practitioners in our business coaching model called Perfect Practice, how to implement this program. And we've created it so they can white label it and make it their own, add their own 20%, right? We have them 80-20, the program, so it's their own. And we then allow them to use our frameworks and our templates. So what I'm actually doing, um, I'm spending this coming quarter taking about 10 practices through a done-for-you program. One of the things that we've been doing, we've taken about 200 and uh, so people, uh, thanks to you guys as, as well, we've taken several hundred people through our accelerator program, which over the course of 12 weeks, we teach people step-by-step uh, -step how to create their own business. And what I realized through that process, Jim, and maybe you've seen this happen as well, is that you could give it to people on a silver platter, but the deal breaker at the end of the day is if they're going to do it or not. Yeah. And not, not even if they're capable of doing it, because I know everyone that we work with is capable of doing it, but if they actually think they're capable of doing it, right? Yeah. Just like the, what we think of ourselves actually determines more than anything else, whether we, what projects we even tackle, right? And at, at what point we give up. So we realize that a lot of people are passionate about health, but not really and passionate about serving people, but not super passionate about building out funnels. And I get that, but they also may not be in a position where they could pay somebody $30,000 to do it, right? right? And build it out for them. So they're kind of in a catch 22. So we thought that medium ground would be, let us show you how to do it at the click of a button. And it still wasn't enough for some people. So what we're experimenting with right now is what that would look like for our team to do it for somebody, because what takes them 12 weeks, we could do for them in, in probably 12 days, right? So my goal is to get it down to uh, 12 days or less to be able to turn this over for somebody. And so they have a turnkey solution for their business that they can plug in. Again, going back to the Hormozy equation, right? Get rid of the sacrifice, which is them slogging through it and reduce the amount of time and the value goes up, uh, you know, in this case, exponentially, in my opinion. So, so that's what I'm working on is just to try to crack that nut uh, for our practitioners. And, um, and that way they can roll these things out sooner. I'm reading Alex Hormozy's book, $100 million leads, as you probably right. are, I'm sure. And then I'm also reading another book. It's actually a reading assignment that we've given our clients called Sell Like Crazy by Sabri Subi. Yep. And he's a guy out of Australia. I've never met him, but uh, you know, I kind of like his style and 
you know, I like, I like what he says. It's a lot of what we've been teaching our clients, but he approaches it with a little bit more punch and, right. uh, and not as conservative as sometimes practitioners tend to be because, uh, they're afraid to ruffle feathers and, and he's not. So he, he really tries to help you write a more punchy message. And, and I've started applying some of those teachings and I'm, I'm pretty punchy as it is. And I can, I can go on the edge a little bit. But uh, just leading into that a little bit more, I found has been helpful for me, but also other practitioners in getting that message out there. So these are some of the projects uh, that I'm working on, some of the influences uh, that are you know happening for me right now. And you know we're we're trying to we're trying to build a team and just figure out what do I want to do for the next five years. I know I had a good run here with uh, these last three years, and I realized that you know if I if I want to make more money, I know how to do that. Right. So right. I always go back to what I was doing. Uh, what I want to figure out now is how do I have the greatest amount of impact with the least amount of resistance? And, and so that's what I'm trying to, that's the, that's the next kind of thing that I'm chasing uh, in my practice and trying to crack in my business. Yeah. As you were talking, that's what I had written down with scaling impact. Like that's, you know, with a lot of the people we work with at, you know, at your level and, and beyond, it, it's a similar story. Everybody, it, we, everybody figured out how to make money. Mm-hmm. Now it's how do we scale impact without having to break things, right? Including yourself, and especially um, yourself, right? <laughs> you know, and it's interesting because you know, as you were talking about, you know, Sabri Subi's perspective, you know, kind of a Grant Cardone type vibe. With it's just it's much more energetic. It's not necessarily tactical. It's a lot of the same things that you or I teach, mm-hmm. but it's definitely with a greater edge. And, you know, it's kind of what we do with with you. Like we work with a lot of very spiritual entrepreneurs, people who are leading from the heart. And when we bring our teams in, we want to match the brand. We want to match the values. We want to match the audience. But we often try to also polarize that a bit because I find that people who are, if you lean into people who are spiritual with spirituality, then you just put more air in the balloon. Mm -hmm. And instead, sometimes a balloon needs a rock to be grounded with. And so sometimes we'll take the opposite energy and give them some straight, direct truth. So they're like, oh my gosh, I'm, can, I need that. And then they connect mm-hmm. to it as opposed to trying to take them, you know, around the planet a couple of times before you land. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, I went through this really interesting exercise and I, and I, and I feel like, um, you know, certainly I, I feel like you would benefit from it, Jim, if you haven't done it already, it sounds like you may ha- may have just based on what you said. But uh, I have a friend who, who's, she's recently become a friend through this process. Her name is Robin McKay. And uh, she took me through a special type of uh, form that I fill out. It's a psychology, psychological form. It's called the NEO, N-E-O, and I don't ask me what it stands for, but it basically reads my personality. Because there came a point in my business where I started attracting a lot of people who are the opposite personality as me. And you know, I'm very grounded. I'm very calm. Like my neuroticism is like zero. I, you know, I, I don't really think I have a big ego and, you know, I work consciously at kind of dissolving it. I have a lot, I try to carry a lot of humility uh, and maybe even saying that doesn't make me humble. I don't know, but uh, you know, these are the principles that I try to live by. And, and I started attracting people that just had a lot of chaos in their lives that had a lot of anxiety that, you know, that basically had the, opposite operating system. And I'm just kind of like, man, what, what is going on here? And so I did this personality uh, testing and I'm two standard deviations away from normal and certain personality traits. And it turns out that 
you actually attract the opposite. So I didn't have this awareness and I was just kind of scratching my head because we always say, oh, like attracts like, and you know, you're going to attract the people who are the way you show up. And, and it turns out the paradox is unless you're very polarizing, (laughs) uh, you know, either unconsciously really good at something, or you have something that other people desire, maybe you don't even realize how valuable that is to somebody else. You're going to attract that opposite person. So uh, I always found I found that to be a really interesting paradox. I don't know if you've come up against that or not. Yeah, and I think that it has become, you know, Cindy and I in our marriage, we're very much that example of that because we are, we complement each other very well. All of my strengths are, she has some of them. There are some crossover, of course, but largely I'm strong at the things I'm strong at. She's strong at the things she's strong at. And together we make a really great pairing as a result. And, uh, and we rub off on each other, but I find that in our team and our community as well. At the end of the day, it, it comes first and foremost, everybody has to be the best version of who they are. And then from there, how do those, how do those talents and traits and characteristics and beliefs match up so that you can have a tapestry that's just really tightly woven together and mm-hmm. a great match of everybody's beliefs. Cause I have people on our team that, you know, don't believe what I believe, you know, we believe in the end goal. But they they go about it differently. And thank God they do, because it's not how I would go about it. And it just gives us this really strong blend of, you know, of a woven fabric that can that, that becomes, you know, the, the more tight it gets, the less porous it becomes. Right. So, yeah, I'm always definitely I'm off to check that out, that Neo, see what uh, see what what this uh, Robin McKay has got to check out there. So, you know, as, as we start wrapping up here, um, how. How are you leading in? How are you, you know, I think the right way to ask this, but how are you pulling in the intangible, like the breathing? And it may be, maybe to you, it's just that is not intangible. It's, it is tangible now, but it's more of a, it's a non, it's not a measured factor. They can't say, oh, I got XROI off my breathing, but it's a main vessel for how you deliver everything else you do. So how would you define that or describe that in, in the, in, in your practice? Um, help me out here, Jim, maybe ask the question slightly differently. Okay. I might be, I might so be missing it. How does, how does the, the breath work as the leading edge of what you're doing right now become the primary muscle that the rest of the, of the practice and the thing your clients are building, what they're building on? Yeah. You know, I, um, it's definitely something we incorporate into what we do already. I think that there's, there's two opportunities here that I can see. One is that uh, breath could be the lead-in, right? I think right now a lot of programs uh, focus on diet as the lead-in, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just like, oh, I got a better diet than you, right? Or you got to do this diet or that diet. We've heard it all a million times. Here's a fun fact. You consume about two to three pounds of food a day, depending on how much somebody consumes, but you consume 30 pounds of air a day. So you actually consume more air than anything else in your entire life. Uh, but nobody talks about that. Right. And you're, you know, I tell people, listen, if you want to feel better, uh, you know, in a few minutes, you change how you breathe. If you want to feel better in a few days or weeks, you change what you eat. Right. And we all know that you can't go more than five, six minutes, most people and without breathing, you can go days or weeks without eating. Right. You can go days without hydrating yourself. So breath breathing is actually the most important thing we do that nobody's talked about. And what's so beautiful about it is that 
there's nothing to sell you, right? I mean, I got to teach you. So I got to sell you my time and my knowledge and however I package that up. But once you learn it, it's like driving school, right? Once you go to driving school, you don't have to keep going. And no matter what state of health you're in, your uh, breathing will improve it, right? I had a lady, I went to the Porsche design store in Las Vegas. I was speaking there. I went there afterwards and I just started talking. They were curious about why I was in town. I started telling them about breathing. And uh, I got a message from the lady just the other day on Instagram. So they searched me out and found me to get in contact with me because she hurt her leg the, a few days later was in excruciating pain. And she remembered what I told her about breathing and was able to get herself, you know, calm enough and, you know, out of pain enough that she could drive herself to the ER. Right. I don't recommend people doing that. And I didn't recommend that she did that either, but she told me afterwards that it was a breathing that got her able to do that. So there was no other time in my life. Like if, if I was selling her a supplement or if I was selling her, you know, anything else, it would have taken me, there would have been days of uh, in between time for her to be able to even apply it. Right. So here she is kind of a stranger, if you will, seeking me out, finding me online, telling me how excited she was because of this. So you know, we're, we're trying, we're trying to figure that out, like exactly how to do this. Uh, so for practitioners, it's leading or with, for patients rather it's leading with breath as the lead magnet, because that's unique. It's different. It's a blue ocean. Uh, my experience as a clinician, uh, I think adds to that, right? The, a lot, there's a lot of breathwork facilitators who don't have the medical background that I do. So I think that really helps in, in creating credibility, uh, for the message. And then for practitioners, practitioners are, are, even more fascinated by this than the lay public, because once you start getting into the physiology and the biochemistry of breathing, it as a clinician, it totally blows you away. So I'm already having people asking me, when are you gonna do some teaching? When are you gonna teach a course? When are you gonna do this for us? And I belong to another program that does that, that certifies uh, breathing facilitators. So there may be some opportunities there for me to start you know, teaching and offering this to clinicians because Again, it's a blue ocean. There's really very few that I know of, uh, if any, programs that teach clinicians about breathing. Right. So what do you want to be known for? Somebody says, Sachin Patel, what do you want the first thing to come up in their mind? Hmm. I think, uh, you know, if, if I give it some, I don't want to give it much thought. I just want to say what comes kind of reflectively to me. Uh, I would say humility. Yeah, but it's definitely all in, in the mix because you are that, you know, you've always been a very stable presence and a good force for good, but you've, you've always done been, I would say, if not the right word, but it's a, it's a descriptor is understated. Thank you. You know, I, 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 I've often described people as the kind of people who put things on your plate or the kind of person who clears the plate all the time. And you're definitely somebody who leaves stuff on the plate. You know, you're not trying to grab yours. You're trying to make sure that there's something in it for everyone. And that's that's the kind of leader you want to be attached to, regardless of the product or the service. Yeah, so. thank you. You know, you know, nature has a lot of great lessons to offer us. And it's such that the tree never takes more than it needs, right? And right. When, if it takes more than it needs, it actually harms itself. So right. I, I feel like there's, you know, when we we all try to, we always want to get paid what we're worth. I mean, don't get me wrong. And we might want to make sure that we're attracting the right type of client that values what we're offering and is going to implement what we're sharing and offering to them. Um, but at the same time, there's only so much that money can do for you, 
right? And for yes. me, what really drives me is is impact. How can I, you know, yes, I want to create generational wealth. Yes, I believe I deserve that. And yes, I believe the correlation between the impact I'm going to have is going to be, uh, you know, in direct proportion to that. So I'm okay with that. But for me, it's like now what drives me is is the impact, right? Once once you solve kind of the uh, the money problem, if you will, and you figure that out, okay, I can I can always go back to doing that if I if I want to. I know how to do that. And I can always lean into that direction if I need to. But then you can if you if the money problem is solved for you, then you can take more leaps of faith for the things that you really believe in, the long shots, right? The maybe not so safe bets. And and so I feel like I'm a, I'm a little bit closer to that stage where I can take a very calculated uh, bet and a leap of faith. And the universe is kind of reflecting back to me uh, that this is the right direction for me to go in. And so the stages I'm getting invited to, the opportunities that are opening up for me, it just uh, it's taking me to some pretty amazing places that I w- that other things I've been doing up to this point in my life probably wouldn't have taken me there. So are you casting a wider net now? So it's not specifically in the practitioner space or it's it branching out or are you still staying focused in that lane? Well, I still want to help practitioners because I feel like, you know, that's, they need this, they need to be doing more of what we're doing, right? So I believe that helping practitioners is a way for us to, you know, kind of multiply uh, what we know, right? And the, the, I, I don't want this movement to end with me, right? It, it's also part of our legacy to try to teach as many practitioners as we can, because we believe that this is the way forward, right? Where, you know, I, I firmly believe that the current solution to our healthcare crisis isn't more hospitals. It isn't even more health coaches or functional medicine practitioners. Uh, it isn't more supplements. It's actually more healthy people. Right. And it's, you know, I don't want people to wait until they're 50, 60, 70 years old get some sort of disease. And then we've got to teach them how to be healthy because they live 50 years this way. And what if they had known from the very beginning how to be healthy, right? That's how we can actually change instantly, right? The instant shift that we can create in healthcare comes from uh, empowering people, not inventing new stuff or building new buildings uh, and making empty promises. It's teaching people that they already have superhuman capabilities that nobody's taught them how to tap into. And to me, that's the most disruptive thing because I don't have to sell you anything, Jim. You've already got a, an amazing billion-dollar body that if even one cell from your body was found in outer space, it would be the greatest discovery of mankind. <laughs> but why is it that when it's right here, right now, we take it for granted, right? So we are the highest form of intelligence in the entire cosmos. And you're essentially a coordinated function of trillions upon trillions of cells doing a septillion things at any given moment. And we just want to teach you how to use it. Yeah, I remember the first time we spoke about this years ago when we were first come, working together and you were, your statement was that the future of the future doctor is yourself. Yeah, Some, yeah. If, I, if I didn't say it that word, but that way, but that, that was the intent. It was the, the future is you heal thyself. Yeah, the doctor of the future is the patient. Yeah, that that sounds like exactly how it was. But that that was what I got. It's like you are the capable. If you are, if you understand it, then you heal thyself, right? The body takes care of itself if you're doing the right things with it, putting it in the right environments, and and taking the right steps, which is very encouraging. That's that's empowering. You know, it's it's Absolutely. you definitely have some built-in enemies with the statements like that, but uh, <laughs> in, the, in the medical establishment and all of that. But but it's very empowering. 
especially in a place where, you know, in an audience of people who are, who are committed and on mission to bringing healing to the world. Yeah. You know, here's uh here's one thing I'll, I'll share. Um, if we have a few minutes, I know, yeah. is that okay with you? Go for it. Yeah. So, you know, we grew up in a society where we learned something called Euclidean math and in Euclidean math, there's only one right answer, right? And when there's only one right answer for any given problem, that's what causes war. That's what causes indifferences. That that's what causes egos, right? Cause you know, for me to be better than you, you've got to be worse than me and vice versa. And so this Euclidean mathematical model actually is not the way the universe works. The universe actually works on a fractal mathematical model. And in a fractal mathematical model, any problem, any given problem has actually infinite solutions to it. So what that allows for is for uh, ideas and thoughts and solutions to coexist. And so, you know, this is why acupuncture can work. This is why chiropractic can work. This is why reflexology can work. This is why drugs can work because there's actually an infinite number of solutions to solve the problem. I mean, it'd be kind of lame if your body only had one way to fix a problem, right? What would be really cool is if there were a million ways to fix any given problem in your body, that's what would make it really awesome. And that's what we are is really awesome. So our philosophy is that we're, you know, we're just doing something different than what the current medical system is doing. And there will always be a place people will get into accidents. People will have, you know, heart attacks. People will get, you know, diseases that are going to require medical attention but there's a long gap between when somebody's healthy and when they require that. And there's a lot of damage and things that have to go wrong for a, an extended period of time for people to get that way. And there's nothing that the medical system can offer you that will actually make you healthier, right? So for example, if somebody's on five medications and I asked that person, if I gave those five medications to your perfectly healthy son, what do you think would happen to him? They'd be like, well, he probably gets sicker. I'm like, well, that's as healthy as you can be, is a healthy person on these medications. You can't get any healthier than that. And then they start scratching their head, right? right. So, so we, we give people an opportunity to make an educated and informed decision and let them know that there's different, all kinds of different options that they have and they can all coexist. And, you know, I'm happy that we have a medical system that does what it does. And hopefully at some point they'll be happy that there's people like me that are doing what we do to reduce the burden on, on the system as well. Yeah, this is such a good conversation. I love it. Um, you know, the I'll, I'll, I'll end it with this piece, but um, I, I would call this a Pat Benatar focus um, for those who are old enough to remember Pat Benatar, rocker chick in the 80s, and I was a big fan. And she was, you know, pretty hardcore rock. And then she started, she made her millions and got her all of her followers. And then all of a sudden she went into blues. And she lost a bunch of her followers, but she already had all the money she wanted. And now she just wanted to do what she felt she was called to do and deliver the music the way that she wanted to. And I mm. see so many successful entrepreneurs on a similar journey. You know, it's like, we've got the business part figured out. Now let's start really leaning into who am I called to be and how am I called to really change lives and change the world. And it's interesting because even though we're in a sales training, it feels like a, you know, moderately a transactional environment everything we focus on is to bring people restored back to whole. It's like, you can't sell, you can't come up as, as the expert. You can't show up as the person who can change lives unless you're fixing some things in yourself before we can fix some things in your business that then get materialized through your business. But at the end of the day, we're all healing people and restoring people back to whole. 
just using a lot of different methods to do it and and whenever possible collaborating together to to bring these solutions and that's what i love with this you know with podcasts is one way for us to collaborate and bring your what you're doing and your message to our audience who otherwise would not hear it and so it's it's really cool to be a part of a of a vehicle that's doing all of that well thank so, you thanks thanks for creating the stage and the opportunity and the time Definitely. Uh, so how can people get a hold of you and uh, what do you, where, where do you want to send them? What do you have for them? Oh man. Where, what do you think would be a good resource for them? Something health related? I do. I think, you know, I mean, obviously they can learn, you know, marketing, messaging, et cetera, and business from you. You're a, a, a business uh, rock star as well, but let's, let's lean into the health component of this. How can yeah. we do something that you're the only one in my circle who's doing this, you know, so let's make sure we get you to stand out there. Yeah, absolutely. So I have two resources that I like to share. One is called 30 in 30 and it's 30in30.org. And it's 35 best tips. So if you ever came to see me as a patient, these are the 30 things that I would tell you if you didn't already know and you weren't already doing. And this keeps 80% of people out of our practice. The other tool is uh, breathworkwithsachin.com. And this is where I share my ultimate breathing bundle. And what I'm going to share there is uh, five key resources, uh, a stop snoring guide. So I'll show you how to stop snoring in seven days if, if that affects you or someone that you love. I'll show you and teach you about breathing signatures, how to use your breath to change your emotions. I'll share with you a masterclass that I did for my patients on breathing. So you can start practicing that as well. I'll share a resource that I have where I went to James Nestor's retreat and I actually took all the notes from the retreat and I'll share those with you. And I have a very special uh, 90 minute breath work recording where I take you through a guided musical a journey with breath to get into altered states of consciousness and uh, and go through a, a beautiful guided meditation. So I'll share all that in the ultimate breath bundle at uh, breathworkwithsachin.com. Perfect. So we'll have those in the show notes as well. So you can get access to them. And I recommend that you do guys just check it out even for the, you know, I know most of our audiences is, is open to this conversation, if not already in it on some, some degree. And if you're not, just start moving this direction. This is about humanity at the end of the day. We're all, you know, business is just a transaction. It's just a vehicle. And inside the vehicle is where transformation happens if it's done right. So this is part of the process. Take the, I vouch for, for Sachin and everything he does. Uh, so trust me, if nothing else, um, if he hasn't made that impression upon you in this last uh, hour. So um, make sure that you tell him we sent you and tell me how it goes. I want to see what kind of transformations and what, what new ahas and what ways you see yourself living into your future differently now that you have some new knowledge. And the great part about this is once you learn something, you can't ever unlearn it. You can bury it and you can deny it, but it's in there now. So let's start getting you moving in that direction. Sachin, it's been a pleasure, man. I love uh, having you on. Love you. Appreciate you. And uh, you guys, thanks as always for being here. We know you could be any place else on the planet you chose to be here. Thanks for trusting us to be part of your success team. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe in all the areas that you can and share us with whoever needs to hear this message. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Opportunity Makers. If you've heard something that connected with you, please share this episode with a friend or colleague. And don't forget to go to Apple to leave a review. Head on over to GainTheEdgeNow.com to connect with Jim and his team. And remember, there's no such thing as limits or obstacles, only opportunities. Opportunities.